0: Good day, my Talos podcast friends. This is a Talos podcast and it is brought to you by a Talos Worker Proposal funded by Talos. So what Talos, what's exciting that's going on there right now is this ability for the community to self-fund through the blockchain itself. So we're seeing that happen on Talos, exciting times. Today, the show we have for you is Sukesh from Unbiased and Talos Green. Unbiased is a really inf- interesting social platform and search engine that is an unbiased search engine. And we go, we kind of dig deep onto this. We start at the algorithm level, talk about where this big data is coming, how the algorithm is different from uh, Google. Then we go to the search and social level and what the UX actually looks like, through this new type of search and it's not just your standard Google search like you might think. It's got sentiment indicators and all kinds of cool stuff. Search a little bit reimagined. So um, this is a super fun uh, podcast, wide-ranging as always and uh, enjoy the show.
1: You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. The Talos Podcasts.
0: in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to the show, Sikesh. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic. Good to, good to have you on here finally, and we, we saw each other at the EOS World Expo in San Francisco recently at a booth there, um, so uh, good to see you again. And what do you think the most interesting thing going on in uh, Telos is right now?
1: Um, thanks for having me. First of all, mm-hmm. so in us there are a lot of things going on uh, behind the scenes. To be honest, uh, so one of the things, of course, you have been talking within the last two podcasts, I guess, about the uh, TD uh, economic development plan, which is like everyone is voting for it, uh, and it's really great. Um, and the other things going on in parallel is we are um, we launched a new uh, distributed NFT uh, standard. Uh, recently with one of our partners. So that's being deployed on Telos as well. And then we are working behind the scenes to upgrade uh, and test the network for uh, REX and also 1.8 uh, changes. So a lot of things going on uh, with the development, but also uh, with the economic side of the things. And lately, with, within the last two days, the price was actually going up. and many people were uh, there were a lot of buy orders, and no is trying to sell so uh, something is happening
0: <laughs> that is that's a nice sign isn't it that's a good nice sign yeah. well um yeah the the telos economic development program we cover uh really thoroughly in the episode yeah. number one um so if anyone's interested in hear, hearing some thorough coverage of that check out telos podcast number one but that's exciting um this this podcast here is funded by telos they've also got the worker proposal system so it's cool to see the ecosystem funding itself and pushing projects forward. That's um, that's exciting. And then you, yeah. you mentioned the uh, distributed NFT standard. Can you, can you say what that, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, distributed NFT is kind of like the same as NFTs, but one of the key uh, limitations of current NFTs uh, is basically that it, it can be only owned by one particular account or one person right? So you c- you cannot own a particular NFT by 10 people or a hundred people. Uh, so what we uh, basically did, uh, this is part of actually a project uh, the idea we, where we started with this. And then together with our partners, we managed to come up with the standard of uh, distributed NFTs where any particular asset can be owned by multiple parties. So if we are talking about an art, no one, like one single person cannot offer the whole art, right? So, now 10 people can offer this art and 10 people can uh, profit from this art so it can be like content as well like music or movies or it can be any of uh, such kind so now people can take the advantage of uh, earning incentives every quarterly as well like whatever this music makes every quarterly and all the hundred investors who invested in this asset can get these uh, incentives quarterly basis so yeah Yeah, that has differences. Yeah,
0: that that I haven't uh hadn't heard of of the distributed NFT model yet. Is that is it the first of its kind, or is this the first launching uh, specifically for this this chain, or what's that?
1: Uh, I think there were like some kind of uh, proof of concepts out there uh, by a couple of uh, startups, but no one has like uh, like came into uh, like existence or like mass adoption yet. So. But when it comes to EOS ecosystem, we were like the first ones to uh, come up, come out and say, okay, we are working on this distributed NFT standard and we are implementing in this application uh, already, so.
0: Well, that's fantastic because I know that when NFTs get mentioned, people are always mentioning this application of, of something like art or music where a lot of people can own parts of it. But I, I didn't realize that there hadn't, you know, that no one was actually working on that technology yet. You know, people just like talked about it like it was already there. So that's cool to hear um, that yeah. you guys are the team that's doing actually doing that. That's, that's really cool. Um, and I guess that probably fits in with Zeptogram, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but that's the tokenizing the music industry. Is that why you guys are working on that specifically? The, uh, okay. Okay. Very cool. Um, the other thing you talked about was upgrade, uh, for the Rex, how far off is the Rex for Telos and what's the, what's the, um, you know, how's that all looking? What's looking behind the scenes?
1: Yeah, so we have been uh, testing out for quite some time. Uh, the core team is working uh, quite uh, heavily on Rex uh, integration into Telos. There were like fa- a few changes because of the uh, um, differences in the system contracts in Telos and compared to yours. So we have to make sure like everything is working as it should. So we, we broke the testnet like a couple of weeks ago when we deployed Rex. Um, so we, we trying, we figured out the issues. And now uh, we, we're relaunching and testing more things on Rex, But at the same time, we, we have 1.8. So we have to make sure like everything works um, combined together. So that's what's going on. And um, yeah, it's a small group of BPs working together and trying to get things done
0: fantastic well um, the BP that you're part of uh, Telos green is is obviously working on a lot of stuff and then also it's you know kind of the overarching uh, vision to, to make EOS IO blockchains green blockchains can you you want to talk about what your block producers doing
1: yeah sure so our mission is basically uh, bringing EOS I/O to enterprises uh, we have a lot of uh, contacts here locally within Sweden with uh, big company big enterprises uh, that's one of the um, our. That's one of our visions, but also at the same time, we want to uh, empower the aspect of sustainability, because like when we when, when I first came to Sweden myself, it's kind of like overwhelming to see uh, people really uh, care about the uh, climate change or sustainability. So we we kind of want to bring these aspects to mass adoption. So the only way we can do that by uh, helping out applications try to address like at least one uh, challenge uh, for sustainability development goals, whether it's uh, uh, women empowerment or like um, clean water or whatever, like which are applications focused on sustainability. We want to partner up with these uh, applications and try to help in whatever way possible, whether it's networking, whether it's resources, uh, tech support or whatever, we want to help them out.
0: Okay, so your focus is the basically uh, fostering the, the DApps that are focused on green projects. It sounds like, huh?
1: Yeah, but at the same time, like we choose EOS because it's sustainable in terms of energy consumption as well. So that's one of the uh, things we try to sell when we go and talk with enterprises as well. So okay. if you like, if you compare with Bitcoin and if you compare with Ethereum, and then you see EOS. You can offer the same level of security, but at the same time, you get you consume much less lesser energy as well. So that's one of the things as well.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So what's on the what's on the the roadmap for uh, Telos Green? What what do you, what's the future hold for you guys? What are you guys working on?
1: So uh, today we are mainly block producing in uh, Telos and also meet one chains. We were we are one of the top uh, twenty one block producers in Telos and. We are on twenty-fifth position in Meet One uh, last time I checked, uh, and soon uh, we're going to make a public announcement about it. But I want to share it with your uh, channel today. Uh, mm-hmm. We're launching our activities again on EOS Mainnet, okay. uh, but we want to we want to bring some uh, differences, uh, ourselves uh, with some new innovations at the same time, and provide better services to all the EOS IO uh, Mainnet uh, community. As well, mm-hmm.
0: what uh, what kind of what kind of services or unique things are you guys trying to do on the on the main chain or the EOS chain?
1: Yeah, so one of the things, one of the biggest issues is of course uh, active participation mm-hmm. in the test nets in both uh, Kylin and, and also Jingle test nets. Today, like you can see, maybe uh, five block producers or ten block producers really have the nodes in these test nets, and even not like from top 21 if we see only like maybe five or six half nodes in this network so we want to be uh, active we want to provide active participation of nodes uh, in these networks and also mm-hmm. development and testing that's one of the biggest things and also providing um, full history nodes uh, for the whole community because that's one of the limitations as well today so we want to do that uh, and the third thing Um, which I'm really excited about is bringing a Telegram bot or like a bot in general which basically answers questions for developers or whether you come from whatever background it basically answers your questions about the whole EOSIO ecosystem. It's built using AI so we basically gather the data from the internet and we try to present you so you can just ask normal questions okay, what does this error message means? And it will give you all the relevant information. So it makes the whole life cycle simpler so that the development and the um, keeping up to date with the whole community, what's going on, you, you, you can be sure that you have all the information you need.
0: And it, you probably have a a unique take on that on that bot be, because of unbiased, which is gonna which is yeah. a like a search engine. So you're probably using a lot of that uh, technology yeah. for, for that, that. Huh? Okay, cool, cool. Um, what's with uh, where our full history knows that on the Telos chain?
1: Is so it something? We, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, one of the key uh, things, uh, one of the key differences when it comes to Telos and EOS is all the block producers need to have um, like API nodes uh, in Telos. That's a manual requirement according to the uh, all the network agreement that we signed. And we also need to have nodes in the test network as well as BPs. So I think that's really good. Uh, so there are like quite many BPs today which provide uh, Telos history nodes, full history nodes. So we are one of the BPs as well who provide uh, version one full history nodes today in Telos
0: okay, um, yeah, the what do you think of the requirements? because um that that's yeah. a big difference between Talos and eOS eOS is that uh, you know one requires api and and um, and to be in the test net and the other uh, how do you how do you see that playing out realistically? How's it affected everything?
1: So so far, I think it's it's actually much better to be honest because. Today, we know for sure like more than uh, 50 block producers, 51 block producers are really having nodes and maintaining their infrastructure in uh, Telos. And we don't know the same thing in uh, EOS uh, today. So we never know like if it's 30 nodes or if it's 50 nodes who actually have the infrastructure keep on, keep on running. So that's one of the key differences in Telos today. And we have some... Um, public monitoring tools uh, managed by third parties, which basically monitor every half an hour, like from EOS Metal, where where they basically present you with all the information, okay, which nodes are active, which API endpoints are active. So they basically verify this information. So the community can basically go and verify, okay, these particular block producers really have the active nodes today. And also, as you know, with Telos, uh, we have this, Constant change of uh, bringing in um, standby block producers uh, to make make sure like they are up to speed, and that's one of the uh, key differences as well. But when it comes to adoption, uh, you don't see like a lot of uh, 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 what do you call them um, spam BPs or like just people uh, spinning up in a world or like just. Uh, reproducing uh, for a BP like in the US, like today, there are around 400 or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in Telos, you don't see these people because mm-hmm. if someone just joins or just comes in uh, and reproduce without any website or without any notes, they're just kicked out of the system today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is a, I mean, that is a, a huge factor that that seems like people questioned you know the usefulness of that in the beginning but as things start to play out it, it seems like it's been a really effective way to approach it so um that, yeah it's pretty cool um, well let's talk about a little bit about the uh, your main project or on one of your projects unbiased um, you want to give an overview of what that is
1: yeah, sure. So, uh, unbiased is my startup, uh, that we started in uh, 2018, uh, in November. Uh, so it's a Swedish startup mainly focused on fighting fake news and misinformation. Uh, I think you heard about uh, fake news yesterday, even like I saw the video yesterday, uh, with, uh, Wordproof as well. Uh, they're also fighting, uh, their, mm-hmm. their, their vision is to also fight fake news. So, we think it's quite relevant today because as you know, like many people are aware of this issue because we also have like a brand ambassador for fake news today. Whenever you hear the term, you have Trump in mind. So Mm -hmm. everyone, like you go to India or you go to any part of the world, people know this issue today and people are aware of this issue. So we have been working, um, we have been doing research and talking with many people uh, like how they use social media or how they consume information today. And, like from all the research and all, talk, all talks with people, we, we think we have the perfect solutions uh, that we need to fight fake news.
0: That is a uh, wonderfully bold statement right there. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> the, so yeah, um, it looks like it's a, well, let's just talk about what, the, what those things are, how you're gonna fight yeah. it. Like how's that actually work?
1: Yeah, so uh, like, like the whole concept of fake news, it's been that gray area, right? Like it's so complex. it's not like specified with one single domain. It's not Mm -hmm. limited to just politics. It can be like in reviews or brands or whatever you can, you cannot, you can, you cannot name it. So what we doing is we took like a three level approach. So during level one, uh, we are addressing one of the issues of bias in the algorithms that we like all the applications have algorithms, some part of machine learning, some part of AI today. So we are building a platform where uh, companies can our machine learning projects can request like data sets which are much more uh, open and transparent and also which which are unbiased uh, in a way so for example like if you are uh, searching on google the algorithm says it's not biased anymore if it's built in such a way that you have uh, thousands of people participating in this data set uh, building of this data set uh, so It's simple rule, right? Like how good is the algorithm and how good is the data? So they're directly proportional. So we are building uh, this tool. So this is first phase where we are trying to address the issue at the algorithm level. And in the phase two, we are building something called unbiased search engine, uh, which is basically like an open search engine. You can just go and search for any topic or person or like you can just ask like, okay, what, what do people think about Trump in uh, Sweden? and it will present you with all the insights you need we always talk in the blockchain community about on-chain data and on-chain transactions right we never think about like what's happening outside the blockchain so unbiased search engine basically mixes both of these worlds Uh, basically we present insights from all over the internet so we collect data we analyze the data using our algorithms and then we present the insights so when you just go and search you you have all the insights you need So if you want to know about what people are talking about Bitcoin, uh, so you can get all the insights. Okay. 70% people think it's positive today. And why do they think positive? So we can go into much deeper level of insights. So everyone can take the advantage of the data and using blockchain, uh, we can provide like transparent opinion polls, for example, like Lumios, for example. So we integrate that part of the solution into this search engine so you have both sides okay you have the outside world of blockchain you have the blockchain uh, proof uh, so this is level 2 and uh, we this is like the data level we are addressing at the issue of fakeness and finally you have the uh, human level like the user level that's where like we kind of competing with voice uh, so people it's like a social platform but unlike traditional social platforms and like voice we are basically creating more like a social media gateway so everyone every content creator has today like 10 different profiles 10 different social platforms so we are just providing one single gateway uh, so that you can use and create content across these 10 different platforms and still can and incentives but also uh, uh, add an extra layer of integrity for your data by timestamping of the, the content and uh, yeah time stamping the content on top of a blockchain so in addition to that we can provide other services like uh, plagiarism verification because we are collecting data so we know what's happening with your data if we find your data being copied across some other channels we can sh- say that okay someone is copying your data and you can go and uh, request something so we provide like end-to-end solutions for all the companies and normal people as well
0: Wow, so that's, that is, that's comprehensive. Um, let's start at, at layer one there. So you yeah. talked about the, the algorithm layer. It makes sense that you're creating an algorithm that is more fair, provably fair type of thing. Where, yeah. Where's the data coming from? Where's the, this massive data coming from that your algorithm's being applied to?
1: Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. So one of the uh, things we came across, one of the challenges was to find the data uh, in an unbiased fashion because most of the data sets we find out there today are done by maybe five people or ten people oh, really? sitting on the PC and uh, doing annotations. Okay. So so we, we kind of was thinking like, okay, can we use existing crowdsourcing solutions maybe like effect for example, uh, effect.ai or uh, Maybe Amazon's uh, solutions, but then we realized like the quality of the data is really bad and you you never know like what's happening behind the scenes. So we came up with this solution called unbiased data marketplace. So which basically helps us to collect data in a transparent way uh, from various people across the world, but also. Um, we can provide the solution for other companies to take advantage and generate their algorithms, their data sets in a transparent fashion. So you have the data marketplace, you have the search engine, you have the social platforms, you have the end-to-end solutions.
0: Okay, and then at the at like the, the search level, Can people picture this like a a Google search window or what's the search, what's the the UX of the search like or is it used the same way as we traditionally use search? Uh,
1: You can actually go and check out the UX designs on our website today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the the way it looks basically, you can, it's kind of like similar to Google search app. Uh, If you look into mobile app, you can just go and search in Google and we present you with Insights instead of presenting you with a bunch of links um, and different pages, we actually present you with okay, this is what's happening, this is the trending news regarding this topic, and this is the community sentiment, overall sentiment, and then we uh, categorize into different sources. So, okay, this is a sentiment on Facebook related to Bitcoin, this is a sentiment on uh, Twitter related to Bitcoin, and so on. And so. so then you can basically go and much more deeper and much more deeper and see, okay this is what's uh, happening and you can try to, uh, now you have all the sides opinions, right? So this kind of impacts you on a more uh, psychological level, because one of the things, one of the biggest issues today is like confirmation by us. Like every, every person has confirmation by us. So mm-hmm. we trying to, um, Eliminate the dominance of confirmation bias by providing you with all sides opinion in one place So, okay now you have everything now you can make the decision. So it's not just limited to politics It it can be any topic. It can be a movie. It can be a restaurant. It can be product anything
0: Yeah, that that's that is cool that's a different take on search because the, the way that we've we've only really experienced search yeah. through Google, and so it's easy to get stuck in this idea that the the websites are presented to you in some sort of order. Uh, but the idea of what you're talking about, kind of breaking it down a lot more information with the sentiment is so cool. Yeah. Um, what's your, you know, that seems like off the rip, that just kind of seems like that would be something that, uh, you know, trading firms or, or brokerages would want access to it more even than, you know, before it gets to this mass adoption, people seem like they'd want to buy that up and have those sentiment indicators for themselves.
1: Yeah, uh, actually like many uh, companies or many uh, trading uh, bots today actually use these kind of uh, solutions. Uh, And even like many businesses, they use this data analytics in their uh, work processes today. So one of the key differences we are bringing is we are trying to bring the same technology to uh, masses, uh, like common people. So now common people can take the same advantage of the technology and see. okay, this, these many people are actually really feel bad about Facebook. And these mm-hmm. many people really fa- feel ba- bad about Trump. So now Trump or like any news channel, Fox or Fox news or CNN cannot go out and say, okay, actually 70% support uh, Trump and 50% support Trump but the facts are something else. So now they cannot really argue anymore. So the main idea was to bring this transparency so that people and companies start working on the issues rather than just covering up using technology. So that was the uh, motivation behind it.
0: Okay, cool. So you guys are motivated to get this out to, to the normal people. It's not something where, uh, you know, it's going to get, uh, yeah. I mean, I because because this is you know sentiment indicators are something that that are purchased very often and people like yeah. to have them private for themselves. So that's cool that you guys are looking at getting it out to the general public. That's a that's an exciting um, exciting development yeah. for sure. Um, when so I'm thinking more about the uh, the data marketplace. So mm-hmm. is this f- from from the start, is this amount of data available for your algorithms to run, or does the data marketplace need to get kind of churning first to start creating the data? How's that? How's that play out? So
1: we we do have like some uh, some data sets out for us today that we mm-hmm. can start working on, but of course, like uh, this plays a vital role in in our uh, agenda uh, moving forward because this also uh, brings us more data and more efficient algorithms for us and also brings community of uh, machine learning developers and uh, enthusiasts, so now they can all take advantage and they can also sell their algorithms in in the marketplace that we have. You're you're a data scientist or you're a machine learning engineer, you built an algorithm which is really good and now you have a marketplace where you can sell it uh, today as a digital asset, pretty much.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, and where, as you, are you needing to hold this data as you collect it? Is there any, or is the data distributed somehow? How's that look as you collect these masses of kind of sentiment and data?
1: So uh, the sentiment data, there are like many public data sets out there today. Mm-hmm. So what we did, we we took more like a research oriented approach. Uh, we we started working with a couple of um, master thesis students and university professors and some PhD students. Uh, what we did basically we gathered all these publicly available datasets uh, regarding sentiment analysis for example and then we tried to use uh, like the open source algorithms from google and then we combined both and try to come up with a new uh, algorithm which which has much more insight into the natural language understanding and uh, today so of course, like Google's uh, open source work is much helpful for us. Um, kind of like against Google their their ideology, but still, uh, they do their developers do quite a lot to the community.
0: Oh, you know, I didn't realize that. What What's the uh, Google open source um, community like? How much yeah, are they so, adding?
1: So, like in the machine learning and NLP domain, I think they're adding quite a lot so their mm-hmm. algorithms are uh, today are like one of the best uh, state of the art uh, so it's called bert i don't know if you know of mm-hmm. it but uh, uh, and now recently like the last month or so they launched another algorithm which is called excelnet so these both are basically competing with each other uh, they launched one in uh, january and now the other one in uh, may so it's like 10 times more better performance and they train these algorithms already on like much, like huge amounts of data that we cannot even uh, get a hold of. And what we are doing, because now you have this natural language understanding, you can just take this data uh, and these algorithms and add more on top of that. So you don't need to have huge amounts of data to train your new models. You just need to have a quite, quite specified and quite good quality of data. So that's the uh, key difference now, where we are moving in the machine learning domain. So you need much more uh, short amounts of data, but also it's better quality. And most of the time, you, these the algorithms, the underlying layer, they already are trained on millions of sets and millions
0: of uh, amounts of data. So they've done a lot of the that the heavy lifting as far as the massive yeah. amounts of data, and and, the, and that's open sourced. And so now teams like yours can tweak and, and get real specific. Um, are you looking to be, uh, are you, do you have a, a specific target when you start? Is it gonna be cryptocurrency? Is it gonna be politics? Do you have somewhere that you're going when you first start feeding data?
1: Yeah, so uh, we, we actually built like a proof of concept initially but then mm-hmm. we realized like we can actually run it as a standalone application. So, we will be actually launching in a couple of weeks from now uh, an application called FUD uh, focused on blockchain community where we present uh, sentiment analysis and data and insights. So, it's kind of like a news aggregator, but also it presents sentiments on various cryptocurrencies. And we also categorize based on uh, blockchains as well. So, you can just go to FUD World and then you can uh, get all the insights you need. Uh, with we just click off a search or like in a dashboard so you have both sides. Okay, this is what's happening in different parts of the world and this is what people are talking about, Bitcoin or EOS or any project in the community.
0: That's a killer tool. So that's <laughs> FUDworld, FUDWorld.com.io. .io, what, what's the... No, it's uh,
1: just FUD.world.
0: Oh, FUD.world, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, exciting, that's rad. I can't wait to check that out. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, that's going to be for the people that you know that are using that. That'll be a that'll be a fun tool. You know, that'll be a cool a cool little edge on the rest of the community. Possibly,
1: <laughs> I'll be yeah. I'll be hyping FUD World as I start to use it. I'll let people know. That's that's killer. Yeah,
0: um,
1: yeah we're just fixing a few bugs right now. It, it has been already working uh, quite good. Uh, we have been already collecting a like, lot of sentiment data uh, on various cryptocurrencies today, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, we're just trying to get it production ready so people can uh, start using it.
0: Cool. And so where do you pull data with, for, how do you, talk about how you yeah. like pull data for that.
1: So uh, today we, we collect data from uh, 30,000 uh, news sources, mm-hmm. um, like it can be like various, um, Normal traditional news platforms, news websites, but also focused on cryptocurrency domain. And uh, we also collect data from Twitter mainly. That's one of our biggest data points. And then we also collect from uh, Reddit as well. Um, and we we plan to add Telegram uh, pretty soon. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And also YouTube comments as well. Yeah. It's kind of a bit hard to get access to Facebook uh, when you're a startup, but. Uh, yeah we're trying to work on getting data from facebook as well but uh, it takes time
0: <laughs> how do you pull data from uh telegram
1: uh so for us to pull data from telegram we need to our bot uh our yeah our bot needs to have like admin rights so then then we can basically get all the uh, uh data uh, to the back end and see okay like for example if you uh see if you see bots like uh, um bad language or something uh, which basically remove the, remove those contents. They are basically reading all the uh, text in a, in a oh, way. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we basically do that. Uh, and we, we just need to get the admin rights or yeah, super so user. So then you
0: need to, you do. need to go to big channels and basically request admin rights to Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. Interesting. That sounds like a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah. But just for, for, for cryptocurrencies, I think in the beginning, this it might be we will just focus on like eos or telos or um, mm-hmm. some ethereum groups i guess but once we get adopted and people know in the community they then they start approaching us and they start asking us to add stuff so
0: yeah cool what have you seen any interesting um you know as you've played with this have you seen any interesting patterns as far as like like mass sentiment in in and cryptocurrency how that ties together
1: uh so we did see actually uh, some kind of similarities between the price and also the sentiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as you know, like the cryptocurrency uh, world is kind of like dominated by whales. So the impact of this sentiment is quite little because a lot of people who actually come, a- come out and talk, they don't own much crypto mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. So you of course see like sentiment uh, having some impact uh, but at the same time, uh, one of the uh, biggest news channels come out and say something and that's it. Just the price changes and you see these fluctuations and you see these indicators uh, today. But yeah. uh, we will. Uh, we are working on some algorithms where we can also maybe present like a future forecast or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. which maybe people can just take the advantage or it's just for fun as mm-hmm. well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess you do. you need a sentiment indicator specifically for the whales, but they're like, they're hiding. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. Um, so the, uh, let's talk a little bit about the social. We've, we've kind of hit on the search and the, the algorithm level type of stuff. What, what's this, what's the social like? You mentioned that it would be a kind of a gateway to all the other socials. What's that a little talk yes. a little more about that? Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, I think like many people came out and uh, they wanted to do their own blockchain social platform like Steemit, <laughs> Voice uh, now and like everyone is trying different approaches. So what we thought was more like, okay, why do people want to choose another platform uh, when they're comfortable using Instagram or Facebook or existing tools, right? So what we thought was mostly a majority of the content creators today use some, uh, some kind of tools. Uh, out there just to manage all the, all the social platforms, all the community insights and analytics in one place. So as we already have the advantage of uh, providing analytics, we thought we, we will just build a social platform, which more or less acts like a gateway to existing platforms. So you go and create content uh, using our platform, and then you can post across 10 different solutions, 10 different applications, or 100 different applications, and you can also, in cryptocurrencies, Like if, you're, if we, we can also connect to voice, we can also connect to Steemit, and we can also bring the rewards to one place. So you have everything in one place now. You don't need to uh, log into 10 different platforms and uh, create content. But at the same time, another good thing about this is you also have blockchain proof, uh, and that adds an extra layer of integrity for your data as well.
0: I mean, just the idea of being able to post to one place and have it post everywhere for you um, is, is important, you know, as big, so that's kind of the idea of posting one place and managing all your socials is a, you know, that's like a paid service that, that some people pay for, uh, are, do you plan to have the socials? Is that just going to be free to people? Cause that's a heck of a tool if it's free.
1: Yeah. So what we plan to do like majority of the pay, uh, paid mm-hmm. services today are like, they're based on number of accounts uh, or mm-hmm. number of channels that you can post in. So we will kind of have a similar approach, but we will uh, try to uh, like keep it on a more uh, general level. Like normal people maybe have like five accounts mm-hmm. uh, like serious content creators have 20 channels. So mm-hmm. we will charge a minimum, um, Fee and which is really competitive to the existing solutions like Hootsuite, for example, and it would be around like ten or fifteen dollars per month. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, that's a yeah, Hootsuite. I think I've. I've, i've used in the past but um i mean the, those aggregators where it just posts everywhere for you you know that's a that's a heck of a tool that's great um but the idea of being able to integrate crypto like if you're posting to steam it and voice like i don't i haven't posted a Seaman in so long just because i don't you know it's not worth the extra you know 15 cents to like go over there and and take the time to log in Uh, but if you, if I was able to just post there and and then the little bit of steam came back to some other account with some voice coming back to some other account, I mean, that's, 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 that's a cool tool. So you plan on having a wallet then that's going to hold cryptocurrencies?
1: Yeah. So we have a couple of uh, designs in the website, so you can go and check out and uh, write some feedback. Uh, so we will also keep more, um, designs out there, uh, pretty soon about the data marketplace and, um, yeah as well so everything is out there transparent so you can just go and see how it works uh, what kind of, what are the different functionalities so i think that's one of our edge when it, when we talk about uh, voice or any other social platforms as well
0: yeah that's uh, that's cool but it, it sounds like this is this is kind of a layer that would be on top of on top of voice not necessarily a competitor or do you see it as there's there's some competition uh-
1: of course, there is competition because we want people to use our platform, uh, mm-hmm. our social platform as well. So people can of course post on our social platform at the same time. Uh, and they can also and rewards from our social platform uh, as well. So our uh, solution to uh, post across these all platforms and manage that brings more people to us rather than just going to voice or rather than just going to steam it. So mm-hmm. that's one of our edge.
0: Cool. Cool. Um well, we talked about the algorithm level, the search level, the um, the social media level. There, You kind of covered the gambit. Is there thing anything we kind of glossed over before we get into your other projects um, that you'd like to hit on with this? Um, with unbiased, no, I
1: think we, we covered pretty much everything. Uh, to be honest,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, that's killer. I mean, unbiased is a it's a really exciting program. Well, let what's the timeline? Like, what's a what's your timeline on the next thing launched and kind of your roadmap?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So we, we, so far we are like self funded, so it has been a bit of challenging, uh, to get people working and, uh, fund them. And so we are basically doing our activities with collaborations and we were currently looking for funding, uh, of investors. Uh, so maybe in the next couple of weeks you will see FUD, uh, which is a cool application which is also like a proof of concept but in um, somewhere in q4 we will launch the data marketplace and also a uh, first version of search engine uh, where you can just go and search and for the social media platform it would be next year uh in q2
0: Cool. Well, I look forward to uh, watching unbiased develop. It's that's a heck of a program, and it's just the the (laughs) scope of it is big, man. I mean, you when you you know when you first said we we're were trying to fix fake news, it's like that's a huge (laughs) that's a huge huge. That's the
1: thing. Like whenever I whenever I try to talk to people and explain this, it's kind of like challenging even to understand as well because we're trying to address on various levels, right? So. Uh, but this is a step-by-step approach, That that's what uh, people should understand, like, you start with one thing, you address it, and then each and everything is interlinked, of course, but in each and every level, we are addressing the core problems. So at the end of the day, this is a vision for five years, next five years, what's going to happen. So this will basically evolve and uh, there will be a lot of adoption. So that's what we are aiming for.
0: Very cool, very cool. I look forward to following up, and that's kind of the, the, the cool thing about a long format podcast, is some of these ideas are so big, it takes time to like dig yeah. in and see what's actually happening. It's not, you know, an elevator pitch for something like I, unbiased is, is just hard to do because it's so, you know, there's so many layers to it. So, <laughs> um, well, uh, you have another project that you're involved with. It's uh, called Zeptogram, and is and looking to tokenize the music industry. You wanna talk a little bit about Zeptogram, what they are?
1: Yeah, so it's a Swedish startup as well. So I got involved with Zeptagram in uh, late February. So back then it was just an idea uh, and they were actually trying to deploy on uh, Ethereum before. So I met the uh, founder and then we we kind of uh, came across this um, like mutual understanding and then we started working on it together because I actually, uh, I forgot to mention this before, I am uh, one of the board members and founder for uh, Swedish Blockchain Association. So I have like a lot of uh, network here back in Sweden. So yeah, we we do like a lot of activities when it comes to blockchain. So that's how I met this founder of Zeptogram. and this project is mainly focusing on uh, digitalizing uh, traditional intellectual property rights of various assets. So whether it's a music or whether it's movies or it can be any artwork uh it can be games or anything so people can uh, digitalize these assets and basically tokenize and you like many people can own these tokens and own these assets one of the biggest challenges why we started this uh I, working with this idea was uh like in music industry today like the actual owners of the music they only own maybe like 20% or 30% majority of the share goes to the producer the record labels and all these people they basically have to sell because they don't have cost to produce all this stuff Um, if they have some additional incentive or some additional money beforehand they don't need to give out 50 percent or 60 percent to these labels they can own a majority of the shares and also you see like not much things happening like in the music tech industry so our application basically uh Ziptagram is deployed on Telos blockchain, and it brings the distributed NFT concept uh, into place where now people can own a part of the music, uh, whether it's 5% or whether it's 1% by 100 people or 10 people. So you can basically invest in music rights. And for the next three years or five years, whatever the artist chooses, you can end uh, royalties every quarterly on top of that. So, for example, if we're talking about like a Justin Bieber song, if uh, that song is tokenized on top of blockchain uh, and he gives out 5% of the rights for the next three years, people can just invest in these rights and then they can start earning incentives every quarterly, like whatever the song makes, they get a part of it as well. So now it opens up a new uh, basically parallel economy or parallel investment opportunities uh, for people and followers of these artists and so on.
0: Yeah, that's a cool community tool too. When you think about artists and in their community be able yeah. to own a song because people are already so, uh, you know, involved people talk about um, you know music specifically. It's like, oh, I went and saw him before he was big, or I saw her in concert at this small exactly. venue, and all of a sudden, if people could say I own you know a, a one thousandth yeah. of their song, like I, th- I, they can discover you know it incentivizes this music discovery also, which people love.
1: Yeah, and also one of the good things about this is because if you own part of like a music or something. It's not just valuable today or like in next three years. It's valuable like even after fifty years or sixty years, even mm-hmm. after your lifetime as well. So we see like a lot of music from late fifties and sixties. Like we start playing them in our uh, playlist in uh, YouTube or uh, Spotify today. So I think music and these kind of things they live forever. Uh, so you cannot just it's not just one time in investment, right? So. Like many people today invest in mm-hmm. stocks, but they don't have any clue, but this mm-hmm. tool will basically bring mass adoption because now people can invest in artists and they're uh, really pe- like who they like
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fantastic concept so there's a lot of teams that are that are working on on this solution as well um, what do you think what do you think kind of the main things that sets this uh, zeptogram apart
1: So I know like a couple of uh, teams like within the US ecosystem actually working in the music industry and combining blockchain. But like everyone is focused on providing um, like one platform where people can just collect all the royalties and everything, or like streaming royalties for the artists. Uh-huh. But that's, that's not the thing we are focused on. Our application basically uh, gives other users rights to uh, the assets. But at the same time, it's, a, it's also like an exchange where you can trade these assets as well. So now you bought the assets during the crowd sale and then you can start trading like normal traditional cryptocurrencies against uh, EOS or Telos or US dollar or whatever. And maybe uh, you basically speculate like shares and say, okay, in the next quarter it's going to make half a million dollars. So you basically combine that with the news and then you can start speculating and this (coughs) will become basically an additional market.
0: Interesting. So do you see, um, do you see artists like having crowd sales for their, for their album releases?
1: We actually uh, have been talking with a couple of artists uh, here locally, uh, some, are, some are big names actually, uh, within uh, the Nordic region. Uh, and some people already signed up uh, to get, list their songs, couple of songs initially on the platform. So I think uh, this will be huge for Telos and the whole EOS ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Because this is actually bringing the real uh, users from outside the blockchain space completely. They don't have any clue about blockchain. Now they start using like technology without knowing it in a way.
0: Yeah, well, that is huge. I mean, those are the. That's the next step for for Telos and EOSIO chains. Is is this like you're saying reaching out to people who don't know that they're using the blockchain? They just they just get to start using this cool technology all of a sudden. And the, the example that I use sometime is <clears throat> back in the day when credit card machines first appeared on gas pumps. Like, you know, one day it wasn't there and the next day you went and you're like, Oh, cool. I can swipe my credit card now for gas. And then, you know, I didn't care all the things that were going on behind for 10 years before that that made that happen. I was just stoked the one day that I got to finally go use a credit card at the gas pump, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, so we're at the, hopefully we're at, we get start getting some gas pump, pump moments uh, coming up <laughs> for Telos blockchain here. Yeah, um, I think
1: so and I think a lot of good things happening within the Telos and I think in just next couple of months there will be many applications uh, being launched on Telos and um, I think these applications will be really huge
0: yeah so uh it's you chose the telos blockchain with um well you're a producer on telos blockchain unbiased is on telos and Zeptogram is on telos what was the what was kind of the deciding factor that made you choose that blockchain
1: um, so there are actually a couple of factors uh so one of the uh, things uh i i think uh which is good in telos and which worked out well is the um like the network resiliency aspect of it now you know like more than 51 block producers really have the nodes and maintaining the network so that's one of the stability things that we look for when we deploy an application Uh, and the other thing is also like the community aspect of it like all the block producers the way they work uh, and the way they talk and communicate uh, with each other and you see like worker proposal systems are like the economic development plans these are actually being done uh by the community in a way and i was involved like from day one within the telos and during till the launch of telos so i know like how the community worked behind the scenes uh and what was the ideology behind telos so i think that one of the that's one of the things which motivated but like if we look uh keenly from the uh, financial standpoint the resource costs are way cheaper in Telos and it's the same technology in EOS and Telos so it's just good for us to choose uh, from a resource standpoint Uh, we just pay much more cheaper prices in Telos compared to EOS today so we get the same benefits Mm -hmm. or more
0: yeah that the the resource management it makes a ton of sense cuz like you're saying it's the same it's the same technology or a lot of, they share a lot of the same technology yeah. and uh, and it, it costs money to run to run dapps so yeah. uh, you know telos, telos is is kind of a logical route for a lot of people uh, projects to take too so um,
1: But but we actually uh, plan to like do cross chain integration as well. So it's Mm -hmm. just not the loss. So it's across all the EOS IO chains. So in a way, like you can do cross chain token transfers or whatever uh, you see. So at the end of the day, we want to have all the uh, whole EOS IO ecosystem working. Like all the applications of ours would be working across all the EOS IO chains.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the big picture things that. A lot of people are starting to realize or feel is that oh, it doesn't have to be this chain or this chain it, it, there's going to be chains that are all kind of working together and overlapping and and, and uh, you know just just running as a as a mesh so um, yeah, it's a good point absolutely. Uh, so we have covered uh, Teloscreen, unbiased Zeptogram. Um, is there is there anything you'd like to go back and talk a little bit more about or hit on here as we start to you know last few minute, last ten minutes or so?
1: Um, no, not really. I think we covered pretty much uh, most of the stuff. Uh, that's what uh, what's happening behind the scenes. So I think I'm uh, I'm happy. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah we've had some we had a a wonderful wonderful run there through all through through all those explanations i was that's a if you have a ton going on man that's that's surprising how much you personally are up to that's amazing um so uh on my end this is the telos podcast uh funded by a telos worker proposal system which is showing um telos in action which is rad i've also got uh i am part of telos san francisco block producer so if you know if you're looking for a block producer we are one of the uh, standbys producing out there so um, supporting the telos chain so telos san francisco and um yeah that's that's what i got so it was a pleasure to have you on the on the show today Sikesh. do you have any final Thanks words for
1: our you. yeah you have any final words for our listeners here uh First of all, thanks for having me and uh, I'm really grateful for this opportunity uh, and to share like what we do with the whole community today. And we made some public announcements. So we wor- We will work hard to keep up uh, with what we are doing. And uh, we want to do uh, good things and bring good things for the society and the community. So if you are interested in our mission and would like to follow us in Unbiased or Ziptogram or Telos Green, just reach out to us in one of our channels. So, you can find our website, I guess, in uh, in the links below, uh, mm-hmm. in the YouTube. Uh, and you can send us a message in our Telegram channel or just email us or sign up in our mailing list. We will be very happy to have you on board, uh, working with us as an ambassador or just a community leader. Because we want people uh, as a community and we want to approach as a community. So. That's all I would like to say today.
0: All right. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, Sukesh. And Telos Podcast listeners, cheers to you. Until next time, have a good day.
1: Thank you. Bye. The money is not the prime asset in life. Time is...